Hello everybody, Shemot, Perek Yud Gimel, chapter 13 of Shemot, Exodus, continuing the double playing on the one hand of the Exodus taking place in real time, as it happened with the Jewish people being led out of Egypt by Moshe, but also the view forward into future history of the commands uh, that Moshe gives that all future generations shall remember the story of the Exodus. We have the verses which lead to the Midrashim of the four sons, or a number of them, at least of when your child shall ask you, and you shall tell to your child. We read in Pasuk Chet, verse 8, the Higadita Levincha, you tell to your child, on that day, saying, God did this for me when we came out of Egypt. We even have the halachot of the Bechorot, of the firstborns being sanctified to God, seemingly in uh, remembrance of the um, of the plague of the firstborn uh, in God taking Israel out of Egypt. However, chapter 13 also uh, extends into the beginning of Parshat B'Shalach, and here the story now goes into real time. And it was when Pharaoh sent forth the people, and God did not lead them the land by the land of the Philistines, rather he led them a different way. And I want to co- comment on a couple of Midrashic pieces on this chapter. Um, here is the first one. It's one which I have thought about uh, over many, many years. It's a glancing comment of Rashi, but it's one which, when considered uh, seriously, should really... Uh, send a chill through a person and really cause them to uh, to pause and to think. In verse 19 of our chapter, we read, The children of Israel left Egypt chamushim. Now, chamushim literally means armed. They left with weapons. I heard from a scholar that the reason why the word chamushim means arms, as it is similar to the word uh, chamesh, meaning five, and one's sword is the fifth limb. One has two legs, two arms, and the sword is the fifth limb. The modern word in Hebrew, tachmoshet, means ammunition. Tachamush means are you armed. However, Rashi quotes a midrash, which gives a different reading. Davar acher, he says, an alternative explanation, chamushim, only one in five of the Jewish people left. But the other four-fifths, 80%, died during the three days of darkness. What this Midrash gives expression to is a terrifying idea that, although on the surface of the text... We speak about Yitziat Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, as this glorious moment in Israel's national history. We concentrate on the number of 600,000. We speak of it as an identity-forming moment which we will always return to. Lurking just below the text, in the subtext, in the Midrash, is actually this tragedy that 
only one-fifth of the Jewish people left. Only 20% of the Jewish people left. The first time I had, I'd heard this midrash for many years, but the first time I thought of it truly in a serious sense of thinking about Jewish peoplehood was on a panel on uh, both conversion and assimilation when a teacher of mine, Rav Ezra Bick, mentioned this midrash and commented that Chazal, our sages, clearly had a deep awareness of the reality of assimilation. That assimilation is something which has been a part of Jewish history from the start. According to this midrash, it was part of the Egyptian story. There are communities long before the 20th century which disappeared to assimilation. And the understanding on Chazal's part, you know, we speak today about the Pew Report and about high levels of intermarriage, but from this comment of Rashi drawing on an earlier midrash, seems to say that if even a generation which witnessed signs and wonders, miracles and the like, even in such a generation, only 20% of the Jewish people actually made it through. That's something really to think on. The second point I want to draw out briefly is that the verses then continue with a fascinating detail. Moshe takes the bones of Yosef with him because he had made the children of Israel, literally meaning his brothers, Yosef that is, you shall take up my bones with you. That Yosef on his deathbed made his brothers promise him that they would, when they eventually left Egypt, even if it would be many generations later as it was, they would not leave him buried in Egypt, but rather they would return him to the home from which he was sold and kicked out as a 17-year-old. And this is just such a powerful glancing reference. It's only a single verse. But the idea that Moshe, on the last day in Egypt, when there is so much happening, there is so much going on, himself, as the Midrash paints it, himself attends to the remains of Yosef, himself honors him, disinters him, and the like. And you have this image of, of this personal kindness being repaid and being, being kept to Yosef by Israel's greatest leader in the moment of national liberation. And you also have this image of Yosef, who the vast majority of his life lived outside the land of Israel and rose to a position of great prominence in Egyptian society, married an Egyptian wife, took on an Egyptian name, was the steward of the Egyptian economy, but nevertheless his last and dying wish is that he be buried in his land and amongst his people. And it's a fascinating uh, contrast with Moshe, who himself will not be buried in the land, but is himself nevertheless attending to the Uh, burial of Yosef, the future burial of Yosef in the land of Israel. Have a wonderful day, everybody.